Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 200. Are you an Infusionsoft user dealing with a mess of Confusionsoft? Are you ready to use your app to make lots of money every month rather than just spend lots of money? Well, I have a solution for you. Head on over to KimFusionsoft.com to find out more about my strategy program, which can help you take your business to the next level using your Infusionsoft app. Again, that's KimFusionsoft.com. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. I am so happy that you are here to join us today, and I'm thrilled to introduce you to our guest, Jeremy Sleep. Jeremy is the CEO and co-founder of Command Your Brand. Jeremy, I could go on and, and introduce you more and what you do, but you know it so much better than I do. And by the way, I've loved every conversation that we've had up till this point. Listeners, I encourage you to find a way to get on Jeremy's calendar if you can. Sorry, that was horrible. I should have asked you if I could say that beforehand. <laughs> However, <laughs> Jeremy, your background is so awesome and and what you do now is incredible. So can you just share it in your own words? Because you'll be able to say it so much better than yeah. I it's it's funny you're talking about yeah we've had a lot of great conversations we've talked about puppies and kittens and pigs and and lots of interesting things so I'm I'm stoked to be hanging out with you here today I have a really weird background that got me to where I am today um, my original goal was to be a college professor so I studied um, world religions um, studied different religions and that was my undergrad degree I studied literature at Oxford and uh, got my MA um, in ancient history. Um, mainly like in classic literature and uh, somehow taught high school for a couple of years. I'm like, dude, this kind of stinks. And I uh, was there for a couple of years, went through a bunch of different things until finally in uh, 2015, I kind of had this like uh, come to Jesus moment where I realized I need to stop promoting myself and figure out how I can promote other people. And that's when I started the create your own life podcast, which because I had that viewpoint shift, it really took off. And that led me into to doing everything I am now with uh, Command Your Brand um, with my wife, Brielle, and helping getting people on some amazing podcasts and to become amazing guests so that they really can respect the integrity of the shows they're hanging out on. Okay, I have to ask, why did you want to be a college professor? It's This is kind of funny. So um, I come from a really large family. Um, I have 60-something, I don't know the exact number, but 60-something first cousins, 100-something second cousins. And out of all that number, I'm the only one to ever go to college. Um, so um, both my parents didn't go to college. So like to me, like this being studious was like the big like important thing to do, which would separate me and, and like make me feel like I guess make me feel like I was really important, you know what I mean? Like in, in that way, shape or form and would make people proud of me. But the problem is when you when you try to do something for other people and and not just like to fulfill your own goals, it, it kind of gets a little weird and a little uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. And I um, it's interesting in my family on one half of the family, and I'm not going to point any fingers here on one parent side of the family, all of the kids have gone to college all the cousins and, and my siblings. And on the other side, my siblings are the only ones who went. However, it's funny. I'm the one who's not using my degree. Mm, at all. I'm not either. So yeah. I feel you. But Jeremy, I actually wanted to be an ast uh, architect in outer space when really? I was a kid. Yeah. I wanted to design interiors on the, in, on the space station. 
That's badass. <laughs> However, I didn't like science. I, don't, mm. I, I, I got straight into school because I, it was I, expected of me. Let me just put it that way. Mm-hmm. But sitting through science class, I really don't know how I passed, quite honestly. And it's a good thing I know my kids don't listen to my podcast. Um, well, it's it's kind of like, I, I don't know, maybe you feel me on this, but like, I feel like the, the, the way our brains work, like either you're really good at like history and literature and things like that, or you're really good at the math and the sciences. And I was not good at the math and the sciences. So I totally like feel you there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> as it turns out, like one, two of my siblings have their master's from really prestigious schools. The third one went to Cornell. So another really prestigious school. She just didn't need her master's for what she's doing. And then I was a black sheep who went to art school. I did go into interior architecture. So mm. yeah, but completely different, but I'm still not using it. And if anybody stops by my house, well, number one, be prepared for a mess. Number two, be prepared for, there is no inkling that I have a background in interior design. Someday, maybe it will happen, but just not today. <laughs> are That's you familiar? Great. And I want to get back to your story, but are you familiar with, Shane and Jocelyn Sams from Flip Lifestyle. They have a podcast too. Okay. I am not. That's that's the first okay. I'm hearing Listeners of them. Listeners and Jeremy, you have to you have to introduce yourself to them and their brand at fliplifestyle.com. They were actually both teachers, high school teachers, until they realized that mm. they needed to make their own life change. And if you want to listen to their episode, my dog is inputting herself. See, Positive Productivity Podcast, Life Happens. Um, their episode is episode 194, which you can find at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP194. However, they had some things go down in their life and they realized that they needed to be a change. And I don't think teaching was necessarily what they wanted to do either. And then they, they started their businesses mm. and started a podcast. And it's just amazing to hear how their life has absolutely transformed. And they know this is what they were supposed to be doing. And I think they went from something like 40000 a year, maybe each, or combined. I don't think it was combined to like over seven figures just by following their passion. Yeah. Wow. So, so let's jump back to, to how your journey progressed. You're the owner of Command Your Brand with your wife, as you said. Can you share more about mm-hmm. what you do for your clients and... And I know that you and I both know the importance of getting on podcasts and marketing our brand. But what have you seen? What are have you seen any huge transformations for your clients in actually getting themselves out there through podcasts? Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, it's it's funny because you probably know this as much as I do. Like with, with all of the you know two hundred something interviews you've done, I've done three hundred and something. It's like you get some people on that they're just like a promotional record, and you're like, it's fine. I'll give you time for that. Let's just have a conversation and let's, you know, figure out how we can educate my audience. So like I got some like really, really like rough pitches from people. So I was kind of like, all right, well maybe I can actually instead of complaining, cause I was complaining a lot. I was like, God, these people got to leave me alone. Um, I was like, how can I actually flip this to help people? Like, how can I actually like change that? And that was a lot of where the business idea came from. So I was like, okay, let's focus on first, just how they can be better guests. Let's just start there. And the biggest thing was was teaching people to to actually learn how to tell a story, but not a pat story, if you know what I mean. Like not like I'm gonna tell this exact same robotic story every show I'm on, because you need to be able to be flexible and like know what a show is about, know what the audience is about, know who you're speaking to. So the big thing was really helping people to become amazing guests and you know g- correctly 
reach out to the shows that they're going to be a fit for and then help them through that whole process. And then also help them with promoting because you know what, as, as hosts, there's one thing we love and that's traffic because it really helps us. So I really tried to focus on all of my pain points as a host from the guest side. Um, and it actually helped a lot on, you know, on the, on the guest side as well. Like there were some of our clients that because of being on podcasts, they saw some amazing changes in their own business because this, this space, you know, you know, as much as I do, like this space is like amazing. It's so awesome for storytelling. Um, and, and really there's, there's a lot of our clients that have started with us, you know, don't really have a lot on the press side. So getting in the podcast space is a really quick way, you know, not always easy, but a really quick way to start making some things happen and really start building a brand and start building a personality for who they really are. So it's it's been really cool for for what we've been able to do for people. Oh, absolutely. And I love that you're educating your clients on what to do because, well, listeners, you know, I've had my technical glitches. You've heard me talk about it with guests who have had to come on for their second time to be recorded. However, Jeremy, I won't ask you for a number, but I will admit myself that there have been a number of episodes that have been lost or quote, you know, there must have been. Some, I never know I, how to handle I that. I'm know. always like, um, it, it's on the other hard drive. It's um, exactly. I never know how to handle it. <laughs> and there have been some that have actually come on and I could tell they were reading from a script. I introduced them and they read from a script, like an infomercial. And that is not how the Positive Productivity Podcast is. You know, I try not to get too inappropriate. If you ever meet me in real life, listeners, and Jeremy, you didn't really, we, listeners, we met at New Media Summit, which was a fabulous event, well, as far as I'm concerned, but it was so busy every single one of the four days that I think Jeremy and I had a chance to say maybe four words to each other the whole weekend. Mm. Would that be fair? That's, that's very fair. Yeah. So, I mean, Jeremy... It's the Positive Productivity Podcast, but I have a whole other, like, just goofy, uh, inappropriate in a G to PG-13 way. Let's just put it that way, okay? <laughs> I have to be really clear these days with everything that's going on, you know? Um, but just, no, don't come on and, and pitch your infomercial is what I'm trying to say. How did you get the podcasting bug? Had you been on a podcast and then... You started your own, or how did that transition take place? Sure. Well, let me let me just say on that other note, the funniest like guest experience I've had is um, I had a guest on once, and like I picked up this thing from Michael O'Neill that I like to do, and it actually is really helpful. Like, when I have somebody on, like I give the bio for them, best website, and then welcome to the show, blah. So when I'm asking this one guy, I'll I'll leave him nameless just because I said, "What's the best website for you?" And he goes, Google me, B-I-T-C-H. I'm like, okay, this interview is over. Thanks, man. Have a great day. So that was that was my worst guest experience. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, so as for podcasting, um, I've been a listener for a long, long, long time. Um, I got started listening around 2000, 2007, 2008, somewhere around there. Um, I had a professor in college, um, my classic professor that was like, 
Um, we just became really good friends. He reminded me a lot of Neil Patrick Harris, and he looked like him and was funny like him and everything else, but he was like one of the smartest human beings I've ever met in my entire life. He would stand up in front of the class and recite the Odyssey from heart. Like it was pretty crazy, like that he had it memorized. And I walked into his office one day and he's listening to this podcast and it was called The No Agenda Show with um, Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak. And basically they deconstruct the news to find out, you know, what does it actually mean? What does it actually matter? You know, what's funny about it? So they sit and just kind of make fun of it. And they have all these like, it, it kind of makes fun of the morning zoo radio format. So they have all these jingles like in the morning and all this funny stuff. So I just remember, I've been listening to that podcast for, they just hit their 10th year um, that they've been around and I've been listening to them. So since their first hundred episodes is they're closing in on a thousand. So for me, I've been a podcast listener for years and years and years. And then eventually I was like, well, there's nothing else I can do, right? Let's try this podcasting thing in 2015. And I failed miserably with my first show called Rock Your Life. Um, I couldn't even sell you are right. It was you are instead of you are. And it was all about me being the expert on business and life and all these other things of none of which actually was. Um, and it wasn't until I flipped that around and was like, okay, how can I serve people? Who do I really want to learn from is when things actually went very well with Create Your Own Life and kind of set me up for where I am today. I don't know that I've ever shared this on the Positive Productivity podcast before. However, I was planning on launching two podcasts at the same time. Wow. Yeah. And the other one was purely looking at how I could bring in money. Um, mm. I'm, I'm not saying that the Positive Productivity podcast, you know, that I don't have a dream someday of making money off of it. However, it was purely based upon what I do revenue in my revenue generating job. I hate the word job because I don't feel like it's a job. However, I got a couple episodes in and I didn't even release them, <laughs> but I already had pod fade. And I was like, this is not going to work. So a couple of those were edited gently and put into the positive productivity podcast. Listeners, if you listen to any of the early episodes, you might hear mentioned on the other podcast name, which actually Funnily enough, I don't even remember right now. I think I don't even remember what that other brand was called. I did the same thing though. I I had like my first couple interviews that I did were were on you know create your own life were from my other show, and um yeah because I needed something to start out with and I was just kind of like um I was terrified doing these few so let's just let's just go for it. <laughs> if you could go back and do it again, would you go through your whole college experience the same that you did? As in like <clears throat> from the podcasting point of view or just like, you know, attending college or what? Yeah, that's a good question. Because <laughs> here's the thing, like I enjoy all the education I got, but if I could do it again, I probably wouldn't have went to grad school because um, unless you're going to go down a PhD track and unless you're getting an MBA in like business or something that's going to get you more money at a job you already have or intending to get, there's not a heck of a lot of a point in getting a master's degree you know what i mean because it's kind of like all right you've got a master's in history you're a little bit more qualified than the other guy but not qualified enough to get those big jobs so it, it was kind of actually a rough point to be in and it was a lot of a lot of money to pay back too so i don't i don't know if i would do that um though i enjoyed a lot of my college experience yeah the relationship side of my college experience was definitely worth it I mean, even yeah, I like used to hang out with my professors and stuff like I, I, I was weird. I commuted to school. So I would like, you know, meet up with professors and stuff like that. And I even um, earlier this year for PodFest down in Tampa, 
or not Orlando, but we were staying in Tampa. Um, one of my professors lives down in Tampa. So when I had that event down there, I went and hung out with him for a couple drinks, you know? Yeah. No, I totally understand that. Actually, one of my, I had a co-op or yeah, I guess a co-op is the appropriate word. I worked with the same company for two and a half years through college and very small company, one owner, one coworker. And they're like my brothers now. Um, oh my gosh, 16 years later. That, that makes me feel really old. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they, they know we, we can call and connect every couple years. It shouldn't be that long, but we can connect every couple of years and we just pick up where we left off. And it's amazing. Jeremy, I'm always fascinated to hear about how entrepreneurs met their spouses and how they became part of the business. Would you mind sharing more of that journey with us? Absolutely. So I met my life, my wife when I was still in grad school. Like we've been together um, closing on eight years now. Uh, it'll be eight years in well, met in February, it'll be eight years in March. Um, and we've been married for um, over two now. And um, I actually like to credit her with kind of pushing me into entrepreneurship um, because I just wasn't happy where I was. And, you know, she's always been somebody that her family has always run a business. So, like, for her, it was just kind of like normal. It was normal life. And we had met um, through a mutual friend. Um, because we, we actually went to high school in the same town, but I'm four years older than her. And um, I wrestled at the same time in school that her brother did. So I knew who her brother was and stuff like that. I didn't know her. Um, and I ended up meeting her through uh, one of my friends um, who actually neither of us talk to now, which is kind of an interesting point about that friend. Um, and we've been together for a long time. I, we, I met her in grad school. Um, she was with me through teaching. And then she was actually the one that, that helped me get started as she was approached by somebody else about a network marketing opportunity. And uh, I'm not in that space anymore, but it's kind of what helped me get started. And neither of us knew what it was. So she's like, oh, you know, I'm happy with my job. Um, you are very unhappy with yours and I hear it every night. So so give this a shot. So I gave it a shot. Um, it was pretty tough. I, I quit my job on a whim and kind of jumped into that and um, kind of struggled through it for the first few months, made some decent money. It was okay. But she was always there to support me and push me and have um, more faith in me a lot of times than I had in myself because I guess she always saw the vision of who I really was and um, not my own self-doubts a lot of times. So, you know, she was always somebody there to push me and and really help me through a lot of things. And it's funny because we both ended up in the same spot, though it's not like what either of us ever would have thought would happen as um, she went to school for PR and I'm self-taught in everything having to do with PR. And she actually helped me with a lot of that learning process. And now here we go. We, we actually end up working together, um, which is, is pretty great, actually. Uh, that makes perfect sense, considering what you're doing now. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's really cool to, to have a spouse that's on the same page. Oh, it absolutely is. I mean, and I've had one that wasn't, and my husband, Dave, totally is. And he's the same way. He'll reinforce me and... And give me that boost when I'm feeling down and just frustrated. And that's if if you're listening and you're not an entrepreneur, but you're married and your spouse is, please, for all that is holy, be their biggest support person. If you can't be that, then let allow them to find somebody mm -hmm. who is. 
I, I hate to say it like well, that. It becomes but... difficult. I could I could imagine like just because I'm from I don't know from myself. I'm just saying from observing my friends that have had that that situation. It's like it's a push and pull. You know what I mean? Like and and honestly, um, I've always been somebody that's been a little bit of an overworker. Um, I, I may say. And that was actually an issue I had with with previous girlfriends and stuff like that. That like part of the game was always them trying to trying to knock me off of of working hard and pushing myself. So I've always been a hard worker, but you know she kind of helped me a little bit with the direction of it. I should say I didn't mean allow your spouse to become a swinger. That's not. <laughs> that's, that, oh my that's God. not at all what I was trying to say. I, I didn't. I didn't See? expect that one. But okay, let's go with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But I could just hear some ears like, oh, what was she saying? No, um, my my ex. And I have Swingers. to say, he's changed, yeah, he's changed a lot since we were married. But uh, our, our communication now is based on or it, it's limited to, you know, passing each other at soccer games or or a text message about our kids. However, he detested my business that I had at that time so much. And it was a e-commerce it was an e-commerce shop that he actually found a way to turn off my access to all the sites I needed to access wow. to run the business That's from home. messed up. Yeah. And then he actually got upset when I went and got an office so that I could continue because I had put something, well, it was partially, let me think about how the, I could say this because I don't want to play the blame game. I had also racked up a tremendous amount of credit card debt on inventory. Mm. Because I thought, hey, if I buy more inventory, I can sell more. Well, it doesn't always work that way. And especially the way that I did it, it just did not work that way. But I needed a way to sell like this multi six figure inventory that I had at home. <clears throat> so I got an office. Well, this time, thankfully, I don't have inventory, but I also have the most supportive husband ever. But he also lets me know when he's seeing too much of the back of my head and we need to have time away but part of that is also me because I am just like you Jeremy I'm very hardworking, and I will keep on pushing 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 but it also took a break in health to realize I can't do that and not just physical health but mental health I need to get away from my computer I need to sleep and it's funny because even for myself like I know like my, my wife just had a, a trip with her her mom to Italy recently and when she was away that week like I kind of fell back into my old routine of yeah, I can work till 2 a.m. And that's great. And this is fun. And I'm having a great time. And it's like, I don't really, w without somebody around to kind of balance me out and say, let's have a little bit of fun too and go like, go out somewhere or whatever. Um, I kind of overdo it. And I just kind of work longer on projects that don't really need me to work that long on them. Like, like I had a friend that was like, I got a great idea. Let's write an article to the top 40 millennial influencers. I'm like, okay, great. My wife's away. Let's do it tonight. You know what I mean? So it was like, I, I didn't sleep and wrote that article in one night. So it's kind of like, it's it's also nice to have that balance sometimes too. Oh, absolutely. And then I um because I've started stepping away and I do I I it's not mom guilt. It's actually let me think about how can I say this? It's guilt because I feel like I'm ignoring my clients after five o'clock. But mm. I shouldn't feel guilty about that. You know, they send Skype messages or emails and I for so long had felt like I needed to respond right away. And now I don't, they have to wait until the next morning or later. Sometimes it happens later in the evening. I just this week, we introduced our four-year-old daughter to Mario on the Super Nintendo. 
Okay? Oh, man. Yeah, because she can't use the new controllers. They're just too complicated for her. I, I think the Wii would probably be manageable, but we don't have a Wii. My husband's a video game developer. So we have the classic NES, we have the Super Nintendo, and we have the Nintendo 64. And the 64 is just too complicated for her. So I got a call at 8, 8.30 in the evening, and my husband answered the phone. It it was our land, or our home phone, actually. And it was somebody calling about business. And he didn't know, but he answered it. And so I'm there on the couch, and I took the phone call, and... Nevea is standing on the couch next to me screaming out of excitement because she has just beat her first level ever. Wow. At four years old. And it totally, that little moment made it totally worth not responding to any Skype messages or emails for those mm. hours. I, I, I would have been so sad. I mean, I, this might sound funny to some listeners, but those are the little moments that we're going to remember at Thanksgiving's 20 years from now. Remember when I beat my first Mario level? I mean, especially in our family with with a game developer dad. I mean, our house revolves way too much sometimes around gaming. <laughs> it really does. I feel you. And I have to share, listeners, that's actually, my husband is the first one who ever got me behind a mic. It was, he didn't get me on a, my first podcast. However, I'm an introvert and he wanted to play a game. Jeremy, do you play any video games? I, I haven't in many years, but I used to be obsessed with um, Nintendo 64 back in the day. Um, GoldenEye for hours and hours and hours. Okay. Well, he was shocked to find World of Warcraft on my computer when we started dating. He's like, you play this? It's like I did. I don't play it right now. So we got back into gaming. We found a free game. Maybe it wasn't free, but that's what our budget was at the time. And they and they used Discord or something similar to chat with each other. And I was so scared to get behind the microphone. He's like, come on, you need to get on so you can hear what's going on. And that was my first time ever. Well, there's a little fib there, but listeners, you can go back and listen to previous episodes about my real first time, which was the disaster behind a microphone. Um, I'll put that in the show notes. But that was how I actually started sharing my voice. And then I got introduced to a couple podcasts or got invited to a couple podcasts. And it was ab- absolutely nerve. Uh, nerve wracking for Jeremy. Nerve breaking. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. And then it got the bug in. And I realized this is what I needed to do. I just didn't realize what I needed to share yet. So I'm glad I waited. How do you control your idea, ideas, Jeremy? Do you, and what type of project management system do you use? Because I know it's not just you and Brielle. And yeah, I there's, um, we have uh, one client manager, um, Brielle and I. Um, we just hired three salespeople as well. So, um, I, I'd like to say um, that I'm better at this than I am, but I need to work at getting it in. We've been, we we use Basecamp, but not consistently. So it's I, I've tried to use Slack. I've tried to use a lot of these different ones, and it's just like I really can't get into it. Um, so we do need to get more consistent on it. But all of our like our entire business is run through Google Drive. Like every single thing we do is run on Google Drive. Um, everything's systemized, everything's joint spreadsheets, all that kind of stuff. So the workflow of everything we do is run out of Google Drive, um, though 
I do need to get a little bit better with, um, you know, consistently using Basecamp and keeping everybody on the same page there. We do have a weekly staff meeting every Monday to keep everybody on the same page. Um, but I could get a little better with that whole side of things. How do you keep your meetings from being a waste of time? Um, I usually beforehand, um, there, there's only a few things you really need to go over in the staff meeting. What were the statistics like this week? Because, um, you know, based on how your statistics are, um, are basically how you're going to apply what's going on in your business. So that's kind of the first thing. Okay, what were everybody's stats? So we quickly go over those. Second thing is any major things that are going on this league, like is a new client coming on board? Do we all have to have a team meeting to, to plan, you know, what's going to be the best plan of action for them? And last thing we just do is, hey, is there any questions? And that's pretty much it um, because we try to keep them to, to 10 minutes to 15 minutes at the most because if there's anything else that needs to be discussed that's really like big and ongoing, it's probably on a more individualized basis. Um, but really the staff meeting should just be able to, okay, where are everybody's stats at? How are we going to handle this? How are we going to get moving this week? And anything else can be handled you know, on an individual basis. When I was in a designer in Manhattan, every single Wednesday morning, there was a staff meeting where everybody was required to come. Mm. And every project manager would go through all their projects and there with the owner discuss what was going on with all 60 of us sitting there in the conference room. Wow. And these meetings would last an hour and a half to two hours. Now, this is Manhattan. Okay. So even I, as the entry-level noob designer who wasn't making all that much money, my billable rate was still a hundred, 150. Mm-hmm. And looking back, I knew like, I, I knew then it was a waste of time. I knew what I could be doing instead of sitting there every single insert your word here week. But looking back now, it's been such an eye opener of, do we really need everybody here for this meeting? Because there are so many other things that could be done. Well, here's the, here's so the just, thing I'll tell you that, that that where actually where that came from for me is um, I used to I sold li- sold life insurance for like six months because I was like all right um, teaching didn't work I want to you know try this multi level marketing thing let's let's sell life insurance that sounds great um, a lot of fun to sell a product you don't really believe in um, so I did that for about six months but every Monday we would have a Monday meeting and it would be like three hours and our boss would just yell at us for three hours how much we sucked and how we needed to sell more. And I, I guess it was supposed to be motivation, um, but I would always leave like depressed and hating myself. So I was just kind of like, yeah, first of all, I'm never going to yell at people that work for me like that. Second of all, my meetings are not going three hours. So I, I guess for me, that's where that always came from was I'm never going to do that to anybody else because this has been a horrible, unmotivating experience. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I actually just fired a client like that. She never yelled at me, but she yelled at a team member and it was just not a good experience. Mm -hmm. And I just knew I had to get out, but I I've been amazed with my team. I always ask them, number one, what do you want to be doing? If there's ever anything that you see here in the company that you want to be doing and you don't know how to do, let's have a conversation about it because I don't want you doing something that you absolutely detest because then you're going to go look for another job and I love working with you. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is I realized that there's not enough gratitude and praise that goes around. And I'm, I'm not trying to say that we need to overinflate other people, but those little words sometimes that if we just share them with people, like, thanks for doing such a great job. I appreciate having you. They go so far, even if we can't give a massive Christmas bonus or any Christmas bonus, you know, mm-hmm. 
those little words. I, I don't know why anybody would think that a screaming session for three hours would be an effective use of time. Oh. No, I guess if you're in the military, but that's about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but that's about the only time it's it's really, really going to help. You know what I mean? Because we should be building some sort of cohesive teamness here where we're all kind of like playing this game together. Um, it shouldn't feel like... Like, like you don't get much by force. You know what I mean? Like, you don't really get anything by by force. Force just creates more force and lack of movement. So you, you really need to figure out how you can not put that there. Oh, absolutely. You want to open up the line of communication both ways. I mean, this is going to make me sound like a horrible mother, but even when my kids, if, if they do something really bad and I yell at them, then the next time I go to ch- talk with them, and that doesn't happen very often. I just need to say that, listeners. But there have been some crazy things that have happened in my house. Um. The next time that I go to talk to them, they might like back up a little bit. And then I realize, okay, there may have been a different way that I can handle this because I want my kids to be able to communicate with me. Yes, I am their parent. I want to be their friend too, but there's that line. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you, you want to open up that line of communication. Not to switch topics really suddenly. What's the most recent book you've read? Oh gosh, um, I do a ton of audiobooks since I'm always listening. So I'm going to open up my Audible while I'm doing this, and I'm going to let you know because I read a lot of audiobooks and a lot of fiction just because I don't have time to. So the last one I read was called Rasputin's Shadow by Raymond Corey. I ran read uh, Origin by Dan Brown before that, um, and The Great Bridge before that. I like biographies of large historical events and uh, large historical figures. So that's usually the type of things I read. I don't read business books. Um, I don't read personal development books. I read fiction and um, usually things about important people in history because to me it's really important to see what they've done because they've had to handle major events. Like I not too long ago read um, David McCullough's um, biography of Harry Truman, which um, was a 74-hour audiobook is a large audiobook um and it was really really interesting because i got even some different different like i guess type of way of looking at harry truman because i was always like oh my gosh he dropped those two bombs how horrible but then you 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 find out what was actually happening with the guy and um that contingency plan had been set up by fdr and it was already in action before they even gave truman like time to act on it so you kind of look at it and you're like he goes from being this guy that felt really horrible about a situation that happened and he didn't have a lot of effect on it to from being like this guy of, oh my gosh, why did he do that 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 event? So it, it's really interesting the way we can look at history and the way we can look at a lot of events that do happen um, once we kind of see a lot of the deconstruction of what occurs. So for me, it's really interesting to look at things like that. I realized yesterday that I have 22 credits on my Audible account. Oh, Hook a brother up. No. <laughs> if I could, I seriously would. I, 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 Jeremy, ha- I, get, I get at least one every month. Jeremy, seriously, if you find a way that I can transfer them to you, just let me know because I seriously will. Because I have started taking the last hour or two before bed to read physical copies of books. I mm. tried not to be in front of my screen right before bed. Well, I will admit that time for me right now is spent on Game of Thrones and my wife. So that's about it. <laughs> that is a conversation for another day. And actually, the funny, because when this episode is released, I will tell you that the, my my 15-year-old son is actually getting the box set of the books 
for Christmas? Oh my gosh, I read the books first, so like I I, I read five of the of the the six. Okay. So I, I read most of them, and then we I convinced my wife to watch the TV series, and actually. Um, for Black Friday this year, we, we ended up getting like a really big TV, which I've never had before. So it was really cool. And I remember dri- we were driving home. My wife goes, wow, I've never had a TV that big. I look at her, I go, yeah, even Tyrion Lannister is going to look tall. And it was really <laughs> that funny. That is very yeah. funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. Actually, my 15-year-old was a complete surprise. And, um, well, 2002 was when he was born. But we found out right at the beginning of yeah, we found out right at the beginning of 2002. And back in that day, well, that makes me feel old saying it that way. But back in those days, we didn't have the flat screens yet. They mm-hmm. were flat screens, but they still had the huge box on the back. And his mm-hmm. dad and I had decided to get a our biggest TV ever. However, it couldn't fit in our Honda Civic because it was just so oh, no. deep. Like it couldn't fit in the trunk. It couldn't fit in the back seat. So I was actually just sharing that with with my son he's jeremy he's at the very end of season seven i think that's the one that we just came out of and he has one episode left to go but he's saving oh my gosh i don't know how he can do it (laughs) oh my gosh well i read the whole the most of the a song of ice and fire series and it's just a really 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 interesting series um so to kind of get like like i don't know about you but when i read a book like that like i have this whole like like mental like stage play that goes on in my head of like Uh what it looks like so then you 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 actually watch the show and you're like this is the one book that i ever because i used to read the hardy boys a lot as a kid and like this is the one book series that or that i watched the show and i'm like this is actually better than what i had in my head so it's it's kind of interesting that's awesome i i used to read and then i'll get back to, to my next question um i used to read the Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan, which is phenomenal. Mm. However, he died before he could finish the series. So I actually gave up because I didn't want to find out if they can, if somebody else continued it. However, I actually, for another reason, I also got off of eBooks. I know I can highlight in my Kindle, but I can't highlight on Audible. And I use so many things that I hear in Instagram or social media or, or tweet them. And it's a great way of connecting with people online. Listeners, I've made so many great connections with authors just because I like something that they wrote in a book and I will go and I will tweet the quote and connect with them through Twitter. And Mm. we never really think about it. Maybe Jeremy, you've experienced the same thing, but we're all people. Authors are people. Podcasters are people. Movie stars are people. And I never really Mark Mason was my first guest on the podcast, and I considered him a celebrity. I still consider him a celebrity. I mean, he was one of the podcasts I was listening to. He's like, you'll you'll know, and it, give it a year, you'll know you're not any different from I am or from me. People are going to be tweeting you, and you're going to just love it, and you'll realize that you know you're just you're not any different. You're just two hundred more episodes along than you are now. And it was such an eye opener to realize that. We're all people. There are people out there who are making a massive bleep amount of money, but they're still just people. And they love getting those messages. But um, what is the last podcast you listen to? I know it's not mine. <laughs> um, this morning, I've been hooked on this one recently called The Bowery Boys. It's these two guys that um, from the Bowery in New York City, and they actually go through the history of New York City. 
and um, it's kind of the ones that I discovered it recently. So they have a huge back catalog. They've been doing it since like 2006. So uh, I've kind of been going through that recently. Um, that and um, the No Agenda show, which I still listen to, you know, 10 years later. Um, so, so that's, and actually ABC News put out this interesting one recently. It's called A Killing on the Cape. And it kind of deconstructs this whole story about this guy that was, they don't know if he was wrongly accused or actually accused of murder. And they kind of go through this whole, like, what happened with the court case. So a lot of things like that. Oh, wow. Do you listen at one time speed or do you use a speed up tool? I use one time speed. I don't, I, it, it actually annoys me to, to hear things that are way too quick. So um, I, my, my brain just doesn't function that fast. My MacBook memory is full. So I've been listening at two times speed. And when I have to go listen to my own episodes to get the show notes, which I really shouldn't be doing anymore, but I am, it bothers me to listen to myself at normal speed. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't, I don't actually listen to myself, believe it or not. After I do a podcast, I, I hate the sound of my own voice after the show. <laughs> Oh man. I used to, but I got over that. My last question for you, you already shared what you've been doing before bed, watching Game of Thrones. Do you wake up to an alarm? Yes. Um, and sometimes I turn the first one off, which is a really bad idea. But yes, I do wake up to an alarm. Um, I'm not a super early riser. I'm up like, you know, around seven o'clock or so, head to the gym, do all that kind of stuff. Um, but that's also because I'm usually like going later into the night. And what's the first thing you do after you get up? um well my pig usually hears the alarm at the same time that my uh you know myself does so pigs are insatiable once they get hungry so he wakes up and the first thing that happens is he's hungry so he's going wee 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 until i feed him and he will not stop until i feed him so that's the first thing that happens i don't even get to go to the bathroom before he eats oh my gosh so you could really just put the the alarm out near him and he would be your alarm Exactly, because he doesn't he, he doesn't stop. He's like um he's the most persistent you know creature in the world. He's very persistent. He's like, if I keep yelling, daddy will feed me. So that's kind of what happens. Oh heaven help me. I thought five kids are bad. Remind me to never get a pig. <laughs> Jeremy I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying my five kids are enough. Jeremy, this has been absolutely awesome. Where can listeners find you online and connect with you? Absolutely. Anything on the business side is over at commandyourbrand.media. And uh, I actually put a checklist together for your listeners if they go to commandyourbrand.media slash checklist, which is going to help them to become a great podcast guest and start getting themselves on podcasts as well. And uh, anything on the podcasting side, they can get over at jeremyryanslate.com as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jeremy. And the listeners, those links will be in the show notes, which you can find over at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP200. Jeremy, do you have a last piece of parting advice or a golden nugget that you can offer to listeners? Absolutely. One of the biggest issues I had in my business life was um, listening to other people's opinions. And a lot of times they were very negative about what I was doing. So the thing I like to tell people is if it adds to your life, listen to it. If it doesn't, ignore it because it's really not going to help you go anywhere or do anything. 